This is IVP. Life with God is lived at the steady pace of peace with patient attention. The writer Frederick Faber says that in the spiritual life, God chooses to try our patience first of all by his slowness. He is slow, we are swift. And it's because we are but for a time. In other words, we're finite. But he, God, has been for eternity. Thus, grace, for the most part, acts slowly. God works little by little. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Digital Examine podcast. I'm Jay Kim, and I am so, so grateful that you are joining me today and hopefully for um, further upcoming conversations. Uh, I'm a follower of Jesus in the Silicon Valley of California, the the epicenter of technology and digital culture. I've spent um, basically the entirety of my life here and certainly the entirety of my 20 plus years um, in local church ministry here, um, just a few short miles down the road from Apple another few miles from Google and Meta and on and on. And I love it here. This is home. This is the place where Jenny and I, my wife and I, are raising our family and um, serving uh, our local church. Jenny and I have two young children, uh, our daughter Harper uh, and then our son Simon. And when Harper was born many years ago, um, for the first 24 hours or so after she was born, she didn't open her eyes. I, I didn't know what her eyes looked like. And I remember this feeling as a dad of just really, really wanting her to open those eyes so that I could see them, I could see her, and mostly so that she could see me. There was an interesting thing in those first 24 hours. There were these moments where I would place my finger in her hand and with her newborn tiny infant hands, she would grip my one finger tightly and I would sing to her and speak to her. Sometimes Jenny would hold her close. And every time we did this, there was a sort of calm that came over her. As she was entering this brand new world that was completely alien and foreign, um, it was our voices that gave her a sense of calm, peace, of um, being known, something familiar. And it makes all the sense in the world because what we know today is that infants in the womb can actually hear the sounds of their mother um, and those who draw near the mother's belly to speak and to whisper to this brand new life that we are awaiting. And so when Harper was born into our world, long before she opened her eyes to see us, she heard us and the voices she heard was familiar. Uh, my voice and Jenny's voice and the voices of loved ones who would come and visit. A few years before Harper was born, I found myself at the bedside of a dear friend um, as cancer ravaged her body and she was unconscious at this point, breathing her final breaths, saying farewell to this life and entering 
life anew in Jesus's presence. And in the midst of all of our grief and um, mourning and loss and the celebration of um, a life well lived, I remember one of the nurses telling us, hey, keep talking to her because there's a very good chance that she's listening. And so I held her hand, I read the Psalms, we sang together as we ushered her into peace. And there were these moments even then at that bedside where I could sense she was hearing us. She wasn't conscious, but she could hear the voices of loved ones ushering, ushering her uh, into the presence of Jesus, into resurrection life. Listening is the first and the last thing we do today in hospitals all over the world, in different buildings or different wings of these hospitals, the same hospitals. There are newborn infants entering the world and there are patients breathing their final breaths and they are all listening to familiar voices, ushering them into new life here on our planet or ushering them into peace. Listening, again, the first and the last thing we do. But in between, life gets really loud and we become conditioned to believe that the most important thing we can do, that we must do, is to be heard. And our lives today involve so much talking and so little listening. There is so much noise, so much chaos, so much cacophony social media and news media and the rumor mill and the gossip at the water cooler and the internal voices that just constantly hum in the background of our lives. So the question for us is how can we become a listening people? I think about Jesus and all of the voices clamoring for his attention during his earthly ministry. And what did he do? he would set aside time to listen for his father's voice. Luke chapter 5 says that the news about Jesus spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. I mean, if news like this spread about us, about you and me, and the crowds were gathering to see us, withdrawing to pray is probably the last thing that would be on my mind. I would want to maximize reach and impact and amplify my own voice. But Jesus withdraws to pray. And why does he do this? He does it because he knows that God's voice is clearest in quiet places. Peter Gregg, in his book, How to Hear God, he says that just as a lake that is still can reflect the light, and as a room that is silent can amplify a whisper, so a soul that is quiet can hear the voice of God. In a world as noisy as ours, with as many competing voices as we face, quiet will never just happen. And why? Because in the modern world, in the digital age especially, you and I, we, most of us, if not all of us, live life at the pace of speed in an age of distraction. People have called the moment we are living through the attention economy. 
that our attentions are being torn asunder by, again, a number of um, factors, social media, news media, the voices competing for our attention in our everyday regular lives, and the internal voices that are just constantly raging on inside of us and our hearts and in our minds. And so we find ourselves living life at the pace of speed in an age of utter distraction. But life with God is lived at the steady pace of peace with patient attention. The writer Frederick Faber says that in the spiritual life, God chooses to try our patience first of all by his slowness. He is slow, we are swift. And it's because we are but for a time. In other words, we're finite, but he, God, has been for eternity. Thus, Grace, for the most part, acts slowly. God works little by little. The writer M. Scott Peck says that the principal form that the work of love takes is attention. When we love one another, we give him or her our attention. We make the effort to set aside our existing preoccupations and actively shift our consciousness. Attention is an act of will. Jesus promised in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Jesus also invites us in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How many of us can relate to those realities? Weariness, burden. Again, these are the symptoms of a life lived at the pace of speed in an age of distraction. It's exhausting. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But Jesus invites us to a life lived at the pace of peace, which demands our attention. Brother Lawrence, in his fantastic work, The Practice of the Presence of God, says, let us occupy ourselves entirely in knowing God. The more we know him, the more we will desire to know him, and we will learn to love him equally in times of distress or in times of great joy. For several years now, um, I have, on a personal level and in more recent months, as a family with our children, been practicing the Ignatian practice of the examine. If you're unfamiliar with the examine, it was developed um, by the Jesuits, uh, founded by St. Ignatius of Loyola, um, and followers of Jesus for half a millennia now have been practicing the simple beauty of the examine. The examine is just an invitation into a daily pause to examine your life deeply and thoughtfully and carefully with God, not to examine it for yourself and present it to God, but to actually sit in the presence of God. Again, in the words of Brother Lawrence, practicing the presence of God and to examine your life. And there are five key movements, and there are a, a variety of ways people describe these movements. But for simplicity's sake, I would describe the movements as invitation, 
gratitude, reflection, confession, and looking forward. So invitation. Every day, can you take a few moments to stop and to pause, to breathe deeply, and to, with all of your attention, invite God's presence? Not that God needs to be summoned as if he's floating in the ether somewhere and you have to conjure his presence. For followers of Jesus, the promise is that God is always present, not just amongst us, but in us by his spirit. So really invitation is an invitation for God by his spirit to heighten your own awareness of his presence that is always there, always with you, always available. So in the examine, we begin with invitation. God, I ask by your spirit that you would deepen and heighten my awareness of your presence that is already here. And then we move to gratitude, to think back on your last 24 hours or the last day and to ask the question, was there a particular moment or experience or reality in the last 24 hours that I can be grateful for, whether it's the fact that I've got breath in my lungs or friends or family who care about me or a particular meal or conversation or experience or thought or particular provision that God offered you in the last 24 hours. So gratitude is the next movement and to thank God for those things. Then there's reflection which is um, specific to think back on the last 24 hours and to reflect on the various emotions you felt, the highs and the lows and the long plateaus, and in particular to focus on maybe a hard emotion, a painful emotion, something that was not easy to navigate. Maybe it's bitterness or frustration or anxiety or fear or guilt or shame or anger, whatever it might be, and to reflect on that emotion and to offer it to God, to know that God was with you even in the midst of that pain and to talk to him about it. And then confession, to look back on the last 24 hours and to ask the question, is there one particular moment, one particular thought or motivation or action or behavior or intention that was internal or external? In the words of Dallas Willard, sins of omission and sins of commission, whatever it might be, and to confess it to the Lord, to repent, to say, God, this is what I've done. And I know that this is not the way of your son, Jesus. And help me to turn around and return back to you. And then finally, to look forward, to look forward to the next 24 hours. Is there a particular moment, a particular thing, a particular um, situation or circumstance where you desperately need God to be with you and to move on your behalf? And to ask God to go with you into those places and into those circumstances and situations. That is the examine. And our hope for this podcast, the reason this podcast is called the digital examine is that your listening experience, as we have conversations with the sages and the luminaries in our midst today, who have done such incredible work to help us focus our attention on God and to live at the pace of peace, 
My hope, my prayer is that the listening experience itself of the Digital Examine podcast would be a moment for you to pause and to reorient your life to the pace of peace, focusing your attention on the presence of God that is always with us. There's this woman in England, her name is Margaret McCollum. And Margaret McCollum is um, a doctor in London. And for many years, she was married to her husband, Oswald, but Oswald sadly passed away in 2007. Now in London, many of you have been to the UK, um, there's a safety public service announcement in the tube or the subway uh, because there is a gap between the train and um, where you stand to enter the subway, the train. And the, PS, the PSA announcement says, mind the gap, mind the gap, because they don't want people to fall and to trip and on and on. So anytime there is an oncoming train in the tube uh, in London and throughout the UK, you will hear in the subway station, in the tube station, mind the gap, mind the gap. And Oswald, Margaret McCollum's late husband, many years back in the 1950s, he had been the voice um, for the audio recording of that Mind the Gap PSA uh, at the Embankment Station in London. And so for decades, when you went to the Embankment Station in London, you would hear Oswald's voice, Mind the Gap. And after Oswald passed away in 2007, Margaret McCollum missed her husband so dearly that she would go in the midst of her busy schedule as a doctor. She would go to the embankment station every single day and sit on the same bench for a few moments to hear the voice of her husband, Oswald, mind the gap. In 2012, the London subway service actually replaced the old PSAs with these digital version. So one day, Margaret McCollum goes to the embankment station and she is shocked to realize that the Mind the Gap PSA is no longer the voice of her husband, but rather this digitized version. And so she went to the authorities and she begged and pleaded to have her husband's voice back. And eventually it was restored. So to this day, if you go to the embankment station in London and wait for the train, you will hear Oswald's voice, mind the gap. And Margaret McCollum, to this day, every day, visits the embankment station to sit and to hear the voice of her husband. God is speaking. God is always speaking. Will you listen? Every day at the embankment station, there are thousands of people who come and go, and they give no attention to this voice, mind the gap. It's just sort of chaos in the background of their lives. But Margaret has attuned her ears to the voice of her husband. In the midst of the chaos of our lives, the cacophonous noise that bombards our hearts and minds, God is speaking and we can hear him. If we would pause, live at the pace of peace and attune our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear the voice of a loving father um, who has something to say to us. 
The writer Adam McHugh, in his book, The Listening Life, he says that a loud, overcrowded, hyperactive life is the antithesis of the listening life. The hyperactive life is so often trying to prove its worth, make its mark, and justify its existence. But the listening life waits quietly and humbly for God to make his mark on us. And so that is my hope and my prayer for you and for me as we go on the journey of the Digital Examine podcast, that we would wait quietly and humbly for the voice of God that is always speaking so that he might make his mark on us and form us into the people slowly but surely every single day, the people that he has um, always dreamt of us being. So glad you're on this journey with us. Um, again, I'm really excited about the ways in which these conversations uh, are going to not only inform you, but hopefully inspire you, and that God, by His Spirit, through some of these conversations, might actually transform you and me into a listening people as we daily examine our lives with Him. Thanks again for listening, and um, we will talk to you all very, very soon. The Digital Examine is a production of InterVarsity Press. For more information on any IVP titles mentioned on this episode, visit ivpress.com and use code IVPOD25, that's IVPOD25, for 25% off. Sound Engineering by Honest Podcasts. Our producers are Helen Lee, Travis Albritton, and Andrew Bronson. Our production assistants are Christine Policcio and Isis Tolson, and I'm your host, J.Y. Kim. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the IVP YouTube channel, and leave a rating and review to support the podcast.